Well, there has been a bunch of pearl clutching over what really didn't seem to be that big of a deal uh, in Washington, D.C. last week with what happened choosing the Speaker of the House. The people of the country were actually represented. There was an actual negotiation and the people benefited. (gasps) We can't have that. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome everyone to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast. Got a great episode today. Got the ladies from Alabama Unfiltered coming in to turn up the heat on the McCarthy situation uh, and the Speaker of the House and really just going over that and digging into it um, and giving it a little bit more local focus than you might have got from Fox News or wherever else you were watching it. We're also going to talk about how that relates to the rules changes that are going on here in the state. And for our members, we're going to have another segment uh, where we go into the fact that why is it that the 11th commandment, thou shalt be nice and forget the other 10, seems to reign supreme even in politics, which is a blood sport. Be nice to their face, stab them in the back. Is that how it should be done? You're not going to want to miss that. So without further ado, we will jump in. But actually, before we do that, I need to tell you guys that you need to join the fight. If you want access to content like what that third segment is going to be, join the fight. We need you guys to do that. Um, In doing that, you'll see the opportunity on every single article on 1819 News between the the headline and the actual article. Um, You'll see the option to join at whatever level, uh, monthly giving level. Uh, You guys doing that allows us to do uh, the content production, the, the news development, the stories, the investigating corruption, all the stuff we do on your behalf. Um, those contributions make that possible. So we need you guys to do that. Uh, please do. Uh, with that, you'll end up getting um, some really cool merch, access to behind-the-scenes content, things like that. Uh, I would say that shouldn't be why you do it. Uh, we we need your guys' support uh, to do what we do. Uh, so please go and join there. So, uh, as I said, we have with us today Miss Amy Beth Shaver and Allison Sinclair from – you're also a miss, too. I guess we got to say that these days. <laughs> So, I'm not uh, offended. miss and miss. Um, but here, uh, to talk about um, all the things, all the things, specifically the things that have been gobbling up all the air out of the room in the news has been this Speaker McCarthy thing. You know, there was supposed to be this huge, gigantor, you know, uh, all encompassing red wave, and we were going to take the Senate back, and, you know, we were going to get the House back. And what we really ended up getting was like a little red Presbyterian sprinkle. Um, and we barely got the house back. And so with that, um, you know, maybe, maybe that turned up the heat because of all those expectations. And so we do get the house. What do we need to do now that we have the house? Who's going to be the speaker, uh, and all these things. And, and, and I don't know about you guys, but I've never had more fun watching the news than I have this last week or so, uh, watching what's going on. So let you guys kind of give me your perspective on the 30,000 foot view of what took place. And then we'll get down into the nitty gritty details of it all. And so, Miss Amy Beth Shaver, would you please uh, give the thirty thousand foot view uh, to our listeners? No pressure. No pressure at all. Uh, it was delightful. It was um, my road trip soundtrack, listening to the speaker proceedings. 
And the more the votes went along, I was like, darn, I wish I was in front of the TV so I could eat popcorn and watch this at the same time. Uh, I wondered where the fight had been for Alabama Republicans. Um, Really and truly, like, yeah, I said this earlier, but um, it, it, it just, they, where have they been? This is Alabama. We're ruby red. None of our people were at the forefront of the dissent. None of them. Where have they been? And do they understand that we want more fight out of them? I like the fighting. I don't mind it. My husband was like, yes, this finally something is going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm very proud of the 20 because they were able to make significant changes. And the reason why we didn't have a red wave, perhaps, is because of the milk toast leadership that we'd had. And people are like, well, I'm not voting for that. That's more of the same stuff. Yeah. But meanwhile, Gary Palmer told us that the reason that we lost is because we ran too far right. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Too far right. Like, I wonder what specifically is too far right. Like, which, yeah, which part what of what mean. people were, were were running on, which which part of that was too far right? I always love it when Alabama say something's too far right. And it's like, well, I mean. Who are you, really? Yeah. Let's go I'm talk to your constituents sure and see how they define too far right. We are too far That's right. That's correct. Yeah, that is us. We we yeah. embody too far right, yeah. and we ain't even far right. Like I know people that are far right, and they're crazy. Like that that does exist. It's this little itty bitty little smidgen of the population that has some crazy racist ideas and things like that. And it's such a small fraction. Um, they have no influence, no anything. But if you believe in um, principal conservatism, uh, even libertarian, um, you know, view of markets and things like that which is basically like we believe that, you know, less regulation and lower taxes causes businesses to flourish. Uh, We believe in traditional morals uh, and values that have allowed our society to flourish and thrive for hundreds of years. If you believe those things, you're far right. You're too far right. We got to give. We got to cave. I mean, you guys don't understand. I'm getting a lot of money here. Mm. And you guys don't need to, you know, hold that up with all your far right rhetoric. If you uphold the Republican platform, yes, you're too far right. Exactly. The conservative, and that's yeah. us. And I, so I was in D.C. this week actually, and it was fascinating. I mean, I my my dad used to live in Washington, but that was a long time ago. He wasn't involved in politics, so this is the first time I've been back on the political side. And I got to go in the House Gallery and watch the first four roll call votes. And I mean, it was like the British in us came out. It was like parliament, you know how they're all, I don't know. I loved it. And you could watch and and on C-SPAN, I think for the first time in a long time, usually they just have kind of the wide shot and on kind of where the speaker's desk is, but they were allowed to kind of zoom in and follow. It's why you could see the Mike Rogers fight, which I hope we talk about that. Um, And you could see some of the back conversations and even more so when you're in the gallery and you can watch, you know, as somebody votes present or as somebody votes, you know, a surprise vote, you could watch all the people start moving and trying to make deals. What never happened, though, in the four votes that I saw was McCarthy literally sat in his seat and stared straight ahead, not once got up, didn't try and engage with anybody that was voting against him. And I really think that the 20... Um, the terrorist 20 is, or the Taliban 20, not the freedom 20. They call him the Taliban 20 now. Um, I don't think he took them seriously. Mm-mm. And by the time you get to like the ninth, 10th round, you're like, oh gosh, we're adding people to the Taliban 20. Yeah. And, um, and that's when some of the negotiations started. But I, 
I loved it. I haven't seen anything more American than what happened this week. Yeah. And I am shocked at the rhetoric coming out from a lot of our congressmen, most of them, that is basically t- telling everyone to sit down and shut up and be nice. I, I, that is so disappointing yeah. because that's not American. Now, you don't have to be rude about it, but negotiation and having that discussion is so important and it's been gone. And I think we're better for it. Um, Mike Rogers maybe isn't. We'll see. But I loved what happened last week. I yeah. thought it was great. And and I want to make sure we're, we're saving some of that conversation for that third segment, because I do think that that's really where we're going to focus in on what you're talking about. But you know, so you had um, 20 people, and I mean, God, the 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 friggin' huevos on Matt Gates, like he knows that this dude's going to be the speaker. Yeah. Like you know that the next two years of your life, you're this is going to be the guy that's controlling everything, and he would get up to the microphone and just freaking roast him. And he goes, "Oh, whoop de doo, you raised half a billion dollars because you're good at schmoozing with lobbyists. That's the problem." And I was like, "Yeah." He just said that. And then Lauren Boebert that said, I'm pretty sure Trump needs to be calling McCarthy and telling him to step down. The only bad move that Matt Gates made, and I wish he hadn't done it because I don't think it was his motivation, but they're using it, is he sent out a fundraising email in the middle of that. And it made it look like, but I genuinely think their hearts were in the right place and their motivations were for the people. And it's so important. I mean, we are those 20 mm-hmm. and we actually for once got represented in the U S Congress Yeah, for just a brief moment. And, and I don't even know with the exception of Lauren Bebert, Bobert, Bebert, Bobert. I don't know how to say Bobert. Her name. Bobert. She's from Colorado mm-hmm. and Matt Gates is from Crestview. Right. And so we're getting our, our, those 20, they're actually representing. And again, I think that's really the, one of the reasons that we haven't seen, uh, a more egregious outbreak of um, what I would call kinetic con. Is that the right word? Kinetic. Yes, that's the correct word. Kinetic conflict mm. is because this is not a geographical issue. I think when you look at the civil war and you see things broke mm. out, it was literally like right across that river over there, people that are different from us. Well, right here, it's like, no, the people like eating at the, the, you know, the restaurant at the next table from you think different. And, you know, and so, it's this weird thing. And so um, we have um, people like in Colorado that are standing up and it's like, I don't know, I moved here from Colorado. So I'm always surprised when I see anyone from Colorado standing up to that degree. Uh, I don't, I don't really know um, any of the other Congress people. So it wasn't that, you know, congressmen, congresswomen mm-hmm. um, that were in that. So it wasn't that they were showboating. It wasn't that they were, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. They weren't up in front of the microphone. They weren't really saying much. So it really did seem like a, a principled stand. Uh, I really hate that us in Ruby Red, Alabama, didn't have any. And I've got the best one. I've got the best congressman in the state for sure, Barry Moore. But um, even he, you know, and 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 I think if you were to, you know, have a beer with him off the record, he'd probably say very much like Thomas Massey did that he regretted right. not mm-hmm. being a part of it because mm-hmm. I, I don't think they understood the strategy Thomas Massey even said, he's like, I didn't understand what their intentions were. It's like, Hey, you know, we're risking the Democrats being able to speak into this race and what are you guys doing? And, and then once it became kind of clear what was happening, everyone was like, wow, these guys are brilliant. I think that, um, and I, I will save some fun facts historically about brawls in parliament, uh, for later in the show. 
Uh, but I agree with you. It was delightful to see that happen. But I just kept wondering as I was driving and then watching over the next couple of days, where are our people and why haven't they fought for us like that? Yeah. Why are they not interested? Why didn't they try to negotiate? Because if we'll remember, this is what McCarthy has done. He voted for same-sex marriage, vax mandates for the military, $100 billion for the Ukraine, He used Medicare to fund the uh, Postal Service, drafting of women, J6 committee. D.C. is the 51st state amnesty for DACA. That's from Lara Logan. So they were brilliant in what they did, and they were the only ones who had enough courage. And that's the other part is that the the um, we're so much better than all of this, you know, silly stuff going on. I mean, it was almost like they are British Parliament. Uh, They didn't understand us. They yeah. don't know who we are. That also is not a good look. Yeah. And that's the problem is that they don't want to know us. They don't want to understand us. And that, and as I said there, to play devil's advocate, every district is different. I have no excuses for our Alabama congressman. But, um, you know, more than likely, yes, McCarthy was going to end up Speaker and people like were texting me, what's the deal with Jim Jordan? They were so surprised with Jim Jordan. Well, Jim Jordan, he is wanting and probably was promised to sit at the head of the Judiciary Committee, which I think is probably a better position for him anyway. And McCarthy, I'm guessing, has promised him that. And so that was his support. There's always an angle, and I get that. But as I watched our delegation, there was no trying to even understand what was going on um, from the other side to even try and get an idea of what they were after. It was more just these name calling were terrorists were all these other things that, I mean, what did Gary Palmer say in the article in the wall street journal? Oh, that, that it was the worst thing that had happened. Um, I'll pull that up. And I mean, I'll find unbelievable. It right now. Yeah. Like, like oh, discussion, a, a debate, yeah. ha- compromise. and, And that's the thing. Conservatives, true conservatives always lose. I'm so tired of losing. And it's what you said. It's because we're told we have to sit down and be nice and we have to go along to get along. And I, 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 we don't win. And we had our first win and I'm, I'm great. Ralph Norman, Congressman from South Carolina, kind of in the shadows did so much negotiating on this. I'm so impressed with him. I had a chance to speak with him and he was like, I don't care. We can keep going. You know, committees don't get paid on Friday. I hope we don't get paid. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like finally somebody that was willing to sacrifice it. If you keep playing the game of I've got to get reelected, I've got to get on that committee. I've got to get to that leadership position. You've lost the focus of why you're there. And that's what's happened to our delegation. And the flip side of that is Matt Gates will go down in history, right? Mm -hmm. He will go down in history and he will never have to worry about getting elected ever again after this, I don't think. I think, I mean, because I know the panhandle of Florida, all it is is South Alabama, right? And right. it's actually a little bit more Alabama than some stuff in South Alabama. Oh, almost fell. That it, was God <laughs> striking me down for what I said about South Alabama. You know how Alabama. many times I've done that in that chair? Yeah. Scott Oof. does it too. Oh, I'm wow. good. <laughs> also, no offense to our listeners in South Alabama, but it is the, the, the panhandle folks are, are rowdy and conservative. Um, and I, I do think, um, that they will reward Matt Gates's courage by, you know, it'll just be a given that he continues to get reelected. Well, the gamble was that you might get reelected. And I think the gamble paid off for them 
you know, the very first day before they went in for the first vote, they went in for conference. And I actually was here for this, was there for this. And apparently McCarthy walked in and was like, GD this, GD that, none of y'all are getting on committee. Y'all are like threatening them. And yeah. apparently that's when a lot of people switched over and was like, if this is the way you're going to lead, I'm out. Yeah. There is a game. I mean, you're putting yourself out there to be dismissed from every committee to really be shunned. Um, and especially like Anna Paulina Luna, who's from Florida. She's a freshman and she came in guns a blazing. You have no history there. It paid off for them yeah. and Matt Gates, and they will be fine, but they risked. I don't know if people knew that a lot from the inside. And I would bet strategically that there was like, um, like a Jim Jordan, maybe not Thomas Massey based off of his response and others that they were supporting the 20, mm -hmm. but they couldn't come out and support the 20. Right. That makes sense right. because it's like, if we're going to get you guys on these things and you're going to be part of our negotiating um, you can't come out and openly support what right. we're doing. Otherwise you'll end up, you know, not being able to get those things. Um, and we won't switch to it. That'll be our second segment is talking about how things are done in Alabama and what the similarities mm -hmm. are. But I will say, you know, the gas tax, that's exactly how it worked. Um, KIV, I believe McCutcheon, um, and, and <laughs> business council of Alabama and all these people, basically these, these legislators were brought in and there was a, a whiteboard that said, you know, yes, no, yes, vote, no vote on gas tax. If you're not a yes vote and you have a chairmanship, you're going to lose it. Uh, and if you really want to push the issue, I've heard crazy stories where it's like, you know, your kids aren't going to work in the state again. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, crazy threats to not vote the way that they want them to vote. Now, what's interesting, though, is like I don't I don't mind a little bit of heavy handed leadership. Um, mm -hmm. And and especially if it's if, if it's a little bit heavy handed to get what the people want done. Like if it's to come in here and be like, hey, we got to beat this gas tax. The businesses are pushing this down on us. Our constituents don't want this. You know, we really need you to be here. But again, starting to threat, threaten to them with their kids can't work. That's too far. Right. Right. And so um, I get, you know, the the whips and the people and they, they, they have to do whatever they have to do to get the votes. But but I think when you start threatening livelihoods and things like that, it's a little bit. It's too much. It, well, yeah. you know, it's what I wrote about for last weekend, but it's the bullying and when you see McCarthy's head leaned over, whispering to people, it's kind of like you feel like it was the mom in church situation where you're like, if you, and they're smiling, you if you don't get it together, you're in your room until Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you feel like it was like that. And then you have to, if you begin to just lob insults at people, you also have zero position, yeah. zero. So you got to see that that was what's happening. And I hope that people were watching and gained encouragement from that because you realize power speaks to power. And when those 20 stood up and said, yeah, okay, we know, we understand he's going to win anyway, but they stood their ground that the rest of us watching you, you're just like, you want to high five everybody yeah, because you're so encouraged that they did what we sent them there to do. And I hope that our delegation would remember there was a reason we sent you there in the first place, but there's also going to be a reason we bring you home. Yeah. If you don't get to it and start listening to what we want, yeah, because we, we, we want you to, we want you to be there. We want you to be successful, but we also want you to have the humility to understand that we have concerns as Alabamians that we sent you to represent. Could you do that? Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, you guys have any parting thoughts on that before we go to our commercial break? I think I'll, I'll save it. Did you read what Gary Palmer said? 
I will. So this is in the Wall Street Journal, um, and it says, quote, an exasperated Representative Gary Palmer, R. Alabama, called the situation one of the most destructive things to representative constitutional government we've seen in 100 years. I mean, if we didn't know that's our congressman. Yeah. I mean, and I could not disagree with him more. And, and that's not, I'm, that's not the Gary Palmer. I know. I mean, that is just, and it makes me wonder, like they were holding on so tightly, like so tightly that Mike Rogers was willing to fight someone on the house floor for something. Like, what were you promised that you can't even begin to open up your mind and have a dialogue about legitimate concerns and those people those 20 represent people represent constituents and basically you're shutting them out and i I mean it's so disappointing i i agree curious if he needs to clarify that i want to give him the benefit of the doubt but i don't know yeah thoughts Getting worked I, I feel the same way. I respect and appreciate his leadership over the years, but I think we need a little clarity on that. I think we need a little clarity on some of the issues over the last two years. Um, but to say that this is the most destructive thing um, is very bothersome. Yeah. Almost as bothersome. This is the last thing I'll say. McCarthy's Ukraine a little, yeah, that was that is like girl. you are lobbying to be the speaker of the United States of America House. You don't even have an American flag in your pocket. You've got the Ukrainian flag. Uh, no, thank you. I thought that was. It's like a sticker on a NASCAR, or it's you like know, like yeah. who's your sponsor? Who's yeah. your daddy? Oh, yeah. that's such a good analogy. Yeah, thanks. Well done. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> All right, with that. Uh, Somewhat disappointing thought, as Joey Clark always says on his radio (laughs) show. (laughs) Let's go to uh, a word from our sponsor. Hey, y'all. It's Allison Sinclair with Alabama Unfiltered. A lot of people ask me, what can I do to actually make a difference in D.C. and in my state government? And one of the most effective things you can do is write an old school letter to your elected officials. It seems super simple, but a written through the mail letter gets their attention much more than an email or a phone call. I use the Quick Letter app from my phone to write letters and it makes it so easy to write all of my representatives in DC and in our state a real letter in a matter of minutes. And so Quick Letter automatically determines your representatives and their mailing addresses. You write or dictate a letter on your phone and tap the name of every representative you want to receive that letter. And Quick Letter handles the delivery address, the return address, the greeting, the closing, the signature, the printing, stuffing, stamping, and placing your letter in the U.S. mail. Your governor, attorney general, state legislators, your U.S. senators, and congressmen need to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Actually, a brief, simple letter usually has the most impact. Send a quick letter today and every day. Go to quickletter.com, that's K-W-I-K, quickletter.com, or download the Quick Letter app today. All right, welcome back, guys. And again, I just want to reiterate the importance of what it is that our sponsor has done, what he's doing, and what it means for us. Quick letter, uh, Jim Hicks, what he's done is made one of the most important things we can do is citizens of the United States reaching out to our legislature, to our representatives, and letting our voices be heard. Um, And as fast as things move in society these days, as busy as we are, to sit down and actually write out a letter, print it, 
put it in an envelope, write out the address, the return address and, you know, stamping and sending and post office and all of that. Um, you know, it's a challenge. And at the end of the day, he's made this process extremely convenient. And as I always say, uh, it's extremely effective. Um, it's done in such a professional way that you will catch the attention of your representative. They read it. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes they respond, as I've told you guys with my wife, when she used it, actually, uh, had a representative reach out to her and say how impressed he was with the presentation of the letter. So guys be using quick letter. Uh, there's obviously plenty of things. I won't go into all the specifics, plenty of reasons that you should be reaching out. Uh, Jim Hicks has done the hard work of making that easy. It's super cheap, $1.99 for your first letter. And it gets cheaper every letter after that down to about a buck 49 a letter. Um, that's like a dollar over the price of a stamp, right? Oh. So that you're, you're literally paying someone a dollar to, to, to type this thing up for you. So, um, go to the app stores, uh, be it your, um, Samsung and what, what is that one called? Samsung. What is it called? Your Blackberry? No. Uh, I used to have one and now all of a sudden I've had a, an your iPhone. Android? I've had, yes, there your, it is. I've had an iPhone for like all of six months and now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Samsung. <laughs> You're like right? the Congress. I totally joined the Apple cult. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Um, Welcome. Welcome what is it? It's the Google Play Store. That's what it is. The Google Play Store uh, and then the uh, Apple App Store or whatever you call it. So I don't even know what these things are called. You know what it is. You know where you get your apps. Go there. Get the Quick Letter app and start writing now. They need to hear what you have to say. <laughs> there it is. They might. Well, we could use what we're going to talk about. This would be a great example of when you should use Quick Letters. Today. It's a little late, but... Um, yeah, let's talk about this massive leak yeah. that's happened. So, um, you know, there has been some, uh, and, and I think, Allison, I think you're more familiar with this than even I am. What's funny is I always get all the the tips and everything come to me because I've created relationships and stuff like that, but it's I've got so many other things going on, it's hard for me to wrap my head around a lot of what's going on uh, in certain instances. And so this is one of those things that sounds like really running parallel with some of the stuff that was going on in in – in Washington, D.C., there are rules changes that they wanted to happen real quiet-like. We're just Mm going to change these rules here, and we don't want anybody to see, see? And and they're behind the scenes doing these things, and and what it looks like from my perspective, and again, you've dug into it more than I have. uh, There's an article on 1819 News uh, about it that ran yesterday. It looks like they're trying to centralize power behind Ledbetter, the Speaker of the House, so that he's got more carte blanche authority, um, he, uh, you know, there's different timing issues that would make it really difficult for someone to be able to, to, to come down and get prepared and, and do all these things. So tell us what's going on, Allison. Well, really just like what we watched in DC was mainly about the rules package and changing some of the rules to allow debate and more transparency on the U S house floor. Um, and, and the freedom 20 won that, um, argument well, then I got home and all of a sudden I start hearing that um, Ledbetter and the leadership are wanting to change some of the rules um, for the Alabama House, which is they usually do that at the start of every quadrennium. It's not uncommon, but some of them just kind of stuck out to be maybe I don't want to assign motivation, but it would make it harder for just everyday people like me and you to engage in the legislative process. Like um, at the end of the session, there's 30 days in each session. Usually on the 27th day, they go to a four hour 
committee notice. Okay, normally it's 24 hours, but on the last few days they go to four hours because things are happening quickly. And I get that. So so a, a bill is going to get assigned to a committee. You usually have four hours, 24 hours notice that, that it's going to come up for debate in that committee where you could have a public hearing. Well, the 27th day through the 30th day, normally they change it to four hours. Still a problem, especially if you live four and a half, five hours away and you want to participate in a public hearing. A lot of people can't make it there. Okay, well, they want to move it back to where that starts happening on the 20th legislative day. So then you'd have 10 days where you only had four hours notice to engage and to debate and talk about legislation. I take huge issue with that because if you follow along with the legislature, mostly what they do, they wait till the very end. They pass, hey, we're going to make the sweet potato the national vegetable in the first 20 days. Yeah. And then the last 10, five force vaccination on babies. Yeah. I'm exaggerating. That didn't happen. But. Well, but everything happens <laughs> like so much happens on the very last day, yeah. actually. So to me, it is a way to quiet dissent. And they will say leadership has responded and said, well, this is a way to keep the Democrats from intervening. And so we can pass this Republican agenda. Yeah. But I don't take it that way because with Ledbetter and a lot of the leadership, they are not as conservative as a lot of us are. Really? That's such a I shock. Mean, it's weird. He was a, you know, he ran as a Democrat until I think in 2012 or 2014, yeah. lost as a Democrat and then became a Republican and won. So, and there wasn't even like a, a whole, so like within the GOP, you have like, there's a process, right? Like you guys are more, I think, involved in the party stuff than I am. Um, that if there's a Democrat that wants to switch over, there's like a process where like you're, you know, you're made a Republican. I think there's a whole bunch of people in the Alabama legislature. That they didn't even go through the process. They, they were didn't. just here. And I, and I don't know who was head of the Republican party. Then you might know, but you're supposed to, you know, it's a six year window. I think that you're supposed to have where you kind of prove that you're a Republican. <clears throat> the agenda of a lot of this leadership is not going to be um, compatible with a lot of us far right crazies, you know? And so to me, they can say they're trying to stifle democratic opposition, but really I take it personally. It's to stifle us too. No. And that's, that's the thing. And so there is a problem on the house floor. Anybody who's ever spent any time at the legislature will tell you, the, the Democrats will get up there and filibuster and just just go on and on about the most ridiculous stuff to delay things and just be a hindrance because that's all they can do. Right. And that is frustrating, and I think they want to do something about that. However, just as annoying to establishment Republicans as droning on filibustering Democrats is the, again, big, big scare quotes I'm doing. If you're listening, you can't see it, is the far right people, right, called their right. constituency. <laughs> The right. people they represent. And that's where the whole Rams thing comes from, right? The random A multitude, right? And that's what they, they refer to us as. Their constituency is the the random, I'll just say it, the random ass multitude. Like, that's how they view us. That's what they think of their constituents. Right. And so they make these rules to where they don't have to listen to the Rams. They can just <laughs> amongst themselves and, you know, just lord over us and 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 just... Uh, what's the word on like uh, it's not dictate but i mean i guess that would yeah. fit 
Um, but decree, that's what it is that I'm looking for. You know, just issue decrees and whatever carte blanche without any feedback. Same thing happened uh, during COVID where Kay Ivey was just like doing stuff. And they're like, well, don't you need the legislature to do that? Nope. Emergency authority. I don't need no herd of turtles. That's what she called the she legislature, called, right? right? And so <laughs> anyway, it's the whole thing. That there's just an overall absolute hatred and uh, despising of the system that our founders gave us and the principles, right? And there's a hatred of the people who hold to the principles that our founders had. I think just as people were frustrated in D.C. with the the 20 that held up the process, um, you know, you still have to the our founding fathers set it up so that the minority would be represented like as in the electoral college or whatever it is. And these are processes that are in place, even if they're Democrats, even if they are opposed to what this um, leadership wants, even if it's the us, um, we should have representation. And I don't think it's right to take all of that out. And so some of the other things they were trying to do is, we were like one of the only states that passes local legislation where the entire legislative body of the house will vote on Shelby, Shelby County, County stuff. Right. Whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're also changing it to where instead of just one person um, disagreeing or stopping a bill, a local legislative bill, they have to have 11 people stop it. Um, apparently that went back to Tommy Haynes. who was trying to, <laughs> this was the craziest really? thing that was in the article. Tommy Haynes wanted to stop um, human sewage from being used as fertilizer. Oh, yes, and they yes. had a big problem. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. That's bizarre. But um, what else? They want to couple amendments into one substitute bill so that as amendments come out of committee, you vote on almost like an omnibus, like you vote on all the amendments. Yeah. I don't like that. It's like either all or none kind yeah. of thing. And then where they'll, you they'll can't... always give you that really big thing at the top of right. it that everybody wants. And then there's right. all the crap that's right. piled in there. With all it. the pork that goes along with yeah. it. So the thing is there are conservative groups like mine, like local and several, um, I guess heard about the leak. I think a leak is like, like you drop the coordinates of the next attack on Russia or whatever. Okay. Well, this leak apparently has caused lots of issues. Um, and my thing is like, at least have a discussion about it. Hear us out to know our concerns because there are unintended consequences. You can say it's to keep the Democrats Mm -hmm. from passing or filibustering, but I want to say, I feel like it's very purposeful. Um, it feels it, that way, Allison, it, because it's purposeful. <laughs> it's super shady, yeah. right? That they don't want to talk about it, that they're upset that they have been found out. They're like little kids with their hand in the cookie jar. And they're like, oh, I didn't. No, yeah. I didn't take yeah. anything out of that. Gosh, and then they told all the legislators not to talk to the press about it. I'm like, don't talk to the public about the things that matter to the public. Huh. That's, Who that's, are you really there to serve? And that that's it. And so everything's got to be done and see. And that's the whole state legislature period is everyone watch Fox News. Joe Biden's your mm. problem. Vladimir Putin's your problem. You know, uh, Justin Trudeau's your problem. Nancy Pelosi's, you know, husband getting hammered by something. Anyway, you guys do what you will with that. Um, uh, you know, that that is what you guys need to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about us. We're some good old boy down here being conservatives like Yosemite <laughs> Sam every four years. <laughs> <laughs> elect me. And they get down yeah. there and then now it's all, you know, backroom 
you know, shadowy deals and everything else. It is so hard for people to understand that the people that you know, that you sit on the pew with, uh, the people that you've supported for a long time is very hard for people to understand that they are not necessarily just because they have an R by their name for us. Yeah. That is, I think, a frustrating part of whether it's DC or Montgomery. And I think on that note, it's why it makes it hard to see a change because they're like, you know, I know so-and-so and I knew so-and-so's mama and daddy and I don't like him, but at least I know him. And so they take the devil they know versus the devil they don't know. And so I think that makes um, makes it hard to, to get any change done from that vantage point. I also think there's a there's a, a unique challenge to what I would consider more localized media like 1819. We're statewide. Okay, so if I throw a rock at someone, you know, and metaphorically, metaphorically, if I throw a rock at someone, I, I've, if, if I say something bad about so-and-so, um, John Merrill, well, I see John Merrill once a month-ish, okay? And so if we report on something that John Merrill did or something that John Merrill does or we make fun of him or something like that, we're going to see him, right? Um, if we report, I mean, it doesn't matter. Insert person here. Like, I'm going to run into these people. Right. And that is way harder than sitting in Alabama talking about Nancy Pelosi and and Joe Biden and, you know, uh, Kamala Harris and all this stuff. You're never going to see those people. So you can just sit and type and write whatever. My reporters, they have to go and deal with the people that they're reporting on and they continue to 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 go at it anyway. And that's why one of the big differences, I think, about 1819 News is that that does not affect our reporters. I Because I always wondered, I'm like, why? Why don't we have it? And obviously you saw that NPR report and how, you know, mm-hmm. the perverse incentives that were being handed out to make media the way it is. And, but I do think this is another thing is like, man, if you light somebody up, you you might run into that person at yeah. the next little fundraiser you go to, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Which, uh, so be it. I, and you've got to be willing to take that and to have, I will say from the attention that we've brought to this, I'm hearing, cause they're meeting this morning. I'm hearing that they actually are having a discussion and, and they want to say, and they actually said that the only people that have issues with it are the Democrats, which is not true. Um, again, that's to kind of stifle. But what us bringing attention and sharing the information has done, it's allowed the legislators that are actually concerned. I mean, they should have the gumballs to stand up on their own. But the ones that are and were concerned can now blame it on us. You know, like we've got to have this conversation because our constituents want this conversation because the conversation is out there. And apparently they're working on maybe backing off some of these changes and renegotiating. That's all my point was, like, at least have a discussion, at least put up the good fight like they did in D.C. to where there's a debate. And in the end, whatever y'all decide, you know, you're in leadership and you're going to live by the sword and die by the sword, whatever it is. Um, and, but at least be willing to have that discussion. And so hopefully this turns out better for the people. I will never apologize for stirring the pot when it protects us and the people, because this is the lobbyist interest. I mean, there's some lobbyist that probably wants to pass something that needs to have to be able to shut down the opposition quickly and gambling. yeah, gambling would be like if I had Medicare, if you gave me Medicaid. Three guesses, I'd say it was gambling, yeah. uh, gambling, <laughs> um, lottery, yeah. Yeah. gaming. <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? But I, I, we don't know that again. That's let me just, right. let me say that was conjecture on yes. my part. But if I had to guess, 
Um, one of the points I want to drive home, and, and I think sometimes I've listened to podcasts and I would hear something and I would continue to listen to that person, I'd hear it again. And I think it's a point that just really needs to be drilled in. And I want all my listeners to hear it. Maybe they'll hear it for the first time today. Maybe they'll hear it for the third time or 30,000th time. I don't know. But um, what we are seeing is the fact that the 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 people, the conservatives, the us, the, if you're listening to this, and it's not because, you know, um, you have to because your boss is telling you to to see what those pesky people at 1819 are saying about me. Um, but if you're actually voluntarily listening to us, that means that you are us. That means that you are the people, that you are conservative. And so um, the conservative vote is required to get elected. Mm -hmm. You cannot get elected without the conservative vote. So what you have to do is you have to go dupe the conservatives every four years in order to get elected or every two years if uh, you're a United States representative. But um, you have to go and dupe the people into thinking that, you know, so say here comes person running for office. Every four years they have to go and dupe the people into thinking that you're one of them. And so you act like them, you talk like them, you walk around and talk about the things that are important to them. Um, but the moment that you get elected, you go and begin to serve other people's interests. And so, you know, the 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 the, the picture-perfect other side of that is, and, and it's something that all conservatives are highly critical of how um, the, the blacks, like, so you have um, Candace Owens, her whole off the plantation movement and everything else, trying to open the eyes of um, black voters that, you know, in Alabama are mostly conservative, right? That if you take them down the issues, they like having more money in their paycheck, you know, they work. Uh, they, you know, they have a couple of social issues that they're a little bit more left of us on, but overall they're fairly conservative church going people who, you know, like traditional values and stuff like that. However, um, they have the Democrats come and pander to them and promise them the world and act like they know them and understand them so that the, the black, uh, vote in the state will go for them so that they can get elected to go serve their special interests. Mm -hmm. And so we see that and we're like, these people don't care about you. They don't know you. They don't represent you. They don't care about you. Why can't, you know, why can't the black people, you know, open up their eyes and see that the Democrat Party doesn't care about them? And I'm over here like, I that's think us. that's us. Yeah, that's us in the Republican Party. They yep. don't care about us. They freaking hate our guts. They hate our guts. Period. Yeah. I said it. And I love what Steve Day says when when he's looking at the, the national political scene and, and we're watching from... Um, 2020 to 2022 probably the worst political two years i've ever seen since i've been alive just everything from inflation just everything's burning to the ground and he said <clears throat> to the republicans he said what it's going to require republicans hating what's happening to the country more than they hate their own base to change this mm. i was just like that's good. No, that's, but that's that'll it preach. and and dude and if you guys i'll plug him um Steve Dace, it's spelled Dace, D-E-A-C-E. He's on Blaze TV. You can get his stuff on all the podcasting platforms, YouTube and all that. Steve Dace, you need to be listening to him because that dude brings the the heat yeah, and he it's does. the truth. Uh, starting with the January 9th episode, I believe, mm -hmm. new after the year, uh, Chris came home yeah. last yeah. night and was like, you, you've got to listen to this. Yeah. It is incredible. Yeah. And it's encouraging because you realize that you don't know where they are, but we're out there 
and he does bring the heat every time without fail. Yeah. And so I, my very first job in media was, it was my job to get Steve Dace's nationally syndicated radio show on other radio stations. So um, CRTV uh, and what is now Blaze TV has given him the opportunity to take his content and do with it what he will. And being put in that position, he has been able to thrive because everyone that everyone knows they go to Steve Dace and they get the truth. Very much, I don't know how Tucker Carlson has figured out how to do it on Fox News because Fox News controls everyone else, but they can't control Tucker. And it's because if they lose Tucker, Fox News loses, right? Everybody else needs Fox News. Tucker doesn't. You know, and may I say that I was very disappointed. I don't really listen to Sean Hannity that much anymore, but watching oh. this whole thing go along, I, mm -mm. He he is Off a plant. The list. He yeah. is Forever. he is, is so when the Ukraine stuff was going on, I was over at somebody's house with Jordan Vaughn. We were doing I don't even remember what we were doing. We were we were sitting in someone's house, sitting there in the house watching this reel of the Ukraine thing as it's picking up and it's just a loop. And so Sean Hannity's sitting there and he's slamming his fist down on the table and talking about we've got to get Putin. We've got to get Putin. And it's just like, you know, this like missile going into a building car getting ran over by a tank. And like one other thing, and it's just a loop of these three things playing and, and Sean Hannity slamming his fist on the, de you know, on the desk about how mad he is at Putin, whatever the, the, um, the gaslight du jour is Hannity's going to be there pumping it. Okay. And now it's, we just got, you know, exactly what we just saw with, with the McCarthy thing. Hannity was there pushing the, uh, the establishment yeah. gaslight du jour, um, thing. So yeah, Hannity, and that stinks because he's the first big celebrity I ever met. I went to New York city for a talkers convention back in like 2014, I guess it was, or 15 or something. And he, he seemed like a really great guy at that time. He, he was, mm -hmm. you know, at least being conservative, he gone. Yeah. He out. He gone. Yeah. Laura, I think, does a really, really good job, um, you know, but her, if you listen to her radio show, her radio show is not her Fox News TV show. She was very funny. They did prank, like prank calls and mm -hmm. stuff like that on the, uh, on the, on the radio show. It was fun. And, and the TV show is just, mm -hmm. you know, very so, different. Yeah. But anyway, so um, I think that kind of wraps up where we'll, we'll end the show, uh, the normal show for that. And so, guys, again, I'll encourage you to join the fight. We're about to do another segment um, specifically for our members, our paid members. We actually have a $5 a month club that you can join now uh, that will get you access to that. Um, and you'll be supporting great nonprofit news dedicated to the people. And so, uh, as always, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry. <laughs>